You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today I got to talk to someone that works in finance. He was a financial analyst for the NFL or the National Football League. It was really interesting getting to hear about what it was like working from a sports point of view, but also the finance point of view. So I think if you like finance, it'll be good. If you like sports and what it's like working in one of the major sports industries, then I think you would like it. And we just talked about that intersection and what it's like. So this is part one with Jay and next week's episode is going to be on what it's like working at venture capital. So that's going to be with Jay as well. So without further ado, I just want to get this episode started because I think it's really interesting and I hope you enjoy. So my first question to you is who are you and what is your job title? Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for having me on, Thielen. My name is Jay Kapoor, and uh, you know, currently I am an investor at Launch Capital. We invest at Seed and Series A. We invest in early stage technology companies. Uh, I'm based here in New York, and our team is split between New York, Boston, and San Francisco primarily. Uh, and, and you know what we do is, is we find early stage startups. We invest in them, typically the, the first check, uh, you know, first you know, institutional check into the, the company. And then we help that company grow. We, we work with them to um, you know, hire, to make customer introductions so they can go in and sell their software or, or sell their app um, to, co- to companies and to customers. And then we also help them in raising money so that they can you know, keep, uh, keep the lights on and continue to, to, to grow the company and continue to become you know, what we hope is going to be a category-defining brand. Um, but I didn't always start out that way, so I actually had an interesting journey um, coming into the investing world, I've only been, uh, you know, an early stage investor for about three years now. Uh, but I spent the first five years of my career in uh, sports and the sports media world, first at the National Football League, and then most recently with Madison Square Garden here in New York. Um, so happy to chat about that as well. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about what it was like working with the NFL and what your duties were? Yeah. So. You know, I think as most of your uh, listeners probably know, the National Football League is you know the biggest sports league in the U.S. and last year did about fifteen billion dollars in revenue, and it was always interesting for me as you know growing up as a sports fan. I grew up as a big New York Giants fan, uh, always being interested not just in the obviously on the field play, uh, which is I think exciting for a lot of fans, but also thinking about you know the business side of the sport. Um, you know, how did player salaries get paid? How did the employee salaries get paid? How did the ticket revenue that we paid to go to every game turn into, uh, you know, these massive, uh, you know, long-term uh, deals uh, that, that the team would make? And so really thinking from a strategic lens is what got me excited initially about the business of sports. And so, you know, I, I, right out of college, I, I went to Carnegie Mellon for my undergrad. Um, I started my career in investment banking. And I was covering a lot of media names. Some of them happened to intersect with sports. Some were in music and live entertainment. And really got me excited about not just looking at entertainment and media as something that I consumed every day, something that I was really excited about every day, uh, but also looking at it from the perspective of, hey, this is a real multi-billion dollar business and there are people that go to work every day and make sure that the NFL continues to put out um, a really great product 
on the field and on TV uh, and in the offseason. And so that's what got me excited about the NFL. You know, my roles and responsibilities, so uh, there's an interesting story about how I got to the NFL, but and we could talk about that. But what I was doing there was I worked on our finance and league strategy team. So during the regular season, we did, you know, financial planning and analysis. We made sure that all of our, uh, you know, key performance indicators, so whether that was revenue that was coming in, whether that was, you know, in-game attendance, uh, whether that was, you know, number of jerseys sold, sort of all across these different metrics that we were tracking those, that we understood the health of the business. And then, then we communicated that to all 32 team ownerships and also to the executives at the league. Uh, in addition to that, uh, in the offseason, we would often work on, you know, big picture strategic projects. So whether that was something that was, um, you know, uh, helping bring Thursday Night Football onto CBS from where it had been on NFL Network for, for a decade, that was something that my team got involved in along with sort of, you know, the, the bigger media team at the NFL. Uh, helping to expand our reach in, uh, you know, international. That was something that my team got to work on, expanding the NFL's reach internationally, first to the UK, and then looking at opportunities in uh, Latin America and in Canada. Um, so it was a very uh, an interesting opportunity to kind of be at the center of a wagon wheel. And if you think about a wheel, you know, all the, all the spokes sort of run through the center, uh, we got to really touch a lot of different parts of the business. And that was a great way for somebody who, you know, had come from banking and understood sort of nuts and bolts how a business operates from a financial perspective to actually get in on the, the operating side and see and work with the people day to day that were putting out the NFL product, which is really, you know, the games and the NFL brand um, that everybody engages with every day. So that was a, a really great experience that I got to have for three seasons with the NFL. Wow. So how did you first find out about a job with the NFL? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I was uh, watching the draft. This is 2012 now. So actually, uh, I started almost exactly seven years ago because I knew it was, uh, you know, we're, we're recording this the day of NFL season kickoff. Uh, and I had, I think, just finished up interviewing exactly seven years ago at that time. Um, so the way I found out about the role was I was, you know, watching videos of the NFL draft, trying to see, you know, who the Giants were going to pick and uh, try to understand, uh, you know, how exactly the NFL draft, which is literally like watching uh, you know, high school graduation has become, you know, a billion dollar media property that people that, that millions of folks tune into uh, and are really engaged with for all three days. I mean, people don't even like to watch their own kids graduate. And here we are watching, uh, you know, college athletes become millionaires. And I scrolled down to the careers page and I looked that they were looking for a financial analyst. And I didn't exactly know what a financial analyst at the NFL did. But I knew that, you know, while most of my colleagues in investment banking were interested in going into private equity or maybe going into the hedge fund world, I really wanted to, to get some operating experience working on uh, in a media company and working on projects within a media company. And so when I applied, um, you know, I didn't hear back for a little while. 
And then I sort of sent, you know, a follow-up note. I didn't hear back for a little while. And I got the sense that, you know, they really recruited out of a couple of banks. Um, you know, where I worked wasn't one of them. They recruited from some top-tier schools. And while Carnegie Mellon is a great school, uh, you know, that wasn't one of their target schools. And so I decided that it was, you know, going to take a little bit of moxie and, and maybe a little bit of persistence to, to find my way to the NFL. So I, um, <laughs> I found the email addresses of every HR person that worked at the league. And I sent my resume to almost all of them every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. Um, some of them I, I think I got a couple times. And I finally reached, I think, an SVP who emailed me back and he said, hey, Jay, everybody on my team has your resume. We hear you. We'll call you. And, you know, about a week later, I actually got a call for an interview. And about a month and change later, I had the job. And I started, I think, a week or two into the uh, 2012 NFL season. So, you know, this is what I like to tell uh, young grads or young alums when they reach out to me. Um, you know, regardless of how tough an industry is, your ability to, to, quote, break in is really a function of your persistence and your ability to show unique value. And one of the, I think, unique values that, that I was showing was a lot of the people that applied to the NFL came at it from the lens of a fan. And I think that's that's only natural, right? You grow up with the sport, you're, you're a big fan of whatever team you're in, and you really only think about it from that perspective. And whether it was my first interview or even in sort of the, the emails that I had sent, I was interested in talking about the NFL as a business. I, I was actually going back and looking at some of those emails in preparation for, for our chat today. And, you know, in those emails, I was talking about how the NFL can expand into different markets, whether it's internationally or it's, you know, it, whether, you know, it's new stadiums or it's how do we engage, uh, you know, in digital media and what are interesting digital media properties that the NFL should be doing. Um, that was what got me really excited. It was about the business of the league. And when I was reading about the NFL, it went from reading about the day-to-day -day of um, what player is getting traded where or, you know, what coach is getting what deal, although that was still interesting to me. But it was looking at, you know, most of the, the NFL's revenue comes from media rights. It's, you know, the broadcasting rights on Fox and NBC and CBS and ESPN. And so I started digging into what do those deals look like? And then that got me into reading about the history of the league and how those deals have changed and how ESPN was this challenger brand and, you know, their function of, of getting NFL rights and getting sports rights has turned them into this massive media property. And there's so much more available about the business of sports today than when I started that I think any, uh, you know, young grad or young alum who's interested in finding a, a role on the business side of sports can go and find that information today. So that that's really, you know, what I did. I, I started shifting my perspective and it helped me figure out that, like, yeah, sports is, is a fun place to work, but you also can see it as a, as a really big business that you can help build. Wow. So what was your daily schedule kind of like in the NFL since there's an off season and then there's also a, like the actual season? So I'm assuming that it would be pretty different on those different parts of the year. But um, let's just say we're assuming we're talking about the regular mm -hmm. season right now. What was your schedule kind of like? Yeah, the, the regular season, I think, is a little more predictable. Um, so week to week, we would get a bunch of different data sources that my team would aggregate. 
and we would track them against what our initial budget goal was at the beginning of the year. So beginning of the year, we sit down and we say, here's what we expect all the different lines of business to do. So I mentioned earlier that the NFL is a $15 billion revenue business, right? So the, the expectation is that that number is going to continue to grow. So at the beginning of the year, we set targets with all of the different departments. Hey, how much are you going to bring in from the Nike deal? How much are you going to bring in from sponsorship with Pepsi? Um, what's going to happen with ticketing? Because, you know, we just launched a, a new stadium, um, whether it was the, the Atlanta Falcons or, you know, maybe it was somewhere else. Um, what's going to happen with ticket sales? Uh, the Super Bowl is, you know, only five and a half months away. How are we getting ready to make that experience really great? What events are we handling? Who is the halftime act? All these different things my team was plugged into because it all came back to what the, you know, year-end goal was going to be, right? Budgeting versus, you know, our our forecast. And then also what the long-term goal was going to be. So the commissioner had set this goal of getting the NFL to, I think, $25 billion in revenue, uh, in, I think, 12 or 15 years. I forget what it was. So we had to think about, okay, let's work backwards. If we want to get to 27 and we're at, you know, 11 or, or 12 today, you know, how do we do that? How do we more than double in 10 years? And what what needs to happen and what kind of investments and decisions have to take place? So in the regular season, it was really about tracking how we are against our near term and then, you know, a little bit towards our long-term goals. And then in the off season, that's, I think, what was the most interesting part to me. So that was where we started talking about big picture strategic projects. Um, given that my team, uh, you know, I worked for a guy named Dan August, who had come from a very similar background to me, uh, had come from investment banking, to then was in my role before he got promoted and hired me. He's now the VP of strategy at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, really helping me to think strategically on different projects. And so we would get plugged in with our international team or with our consumer products team. And we would help them think about, okay, we have 2 million fans in the UK today. We want to get to, let's say, you know, 7 million fans. Uh, How do we do that? And how many years will it take to get us there? And what are the different factors? So to this, you know, one example we realized when we looked at the data that if you had a game in the UK, the long tail effect of fans spending on jerseys, on digital media, on playing fantasy, all of that stuff came out of one game. And so we went in with a proposal that said, how do we create more games in the UK? And how do we bring more teams from you know, the US to go play in Wembley Stadium? And how do we get the UK fans excited and engaged around it? And at one point, we were even thinking, you know, what if we did uh, an eight-game season ticket package? So every week, there would be a different team that would play, you know, in the UK or in Wembley Stadium. And it would get fans not excited about just one team, but get them excited about the NFL product as a whole, right? Coming to games and really being live. Because, you know, if you've never been to a live game, I mean, there's really nothing like it. My, my dad and I used to have season tickets, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And that was like, one, it was a great bonding experience for us. But two, like 65,000 of your friends, maybe some folks from the other team, you know, rallying, chanting, yelling at the refs, cheering for your team. I mean, there's nothing like being in a live, live sports experience. And so even today, you know, I tell people that the, the best product the NFL sells is really in the stadium 
and on the field. And now, you know, with the stadiums is getting harder to get there and the, the seats are more expensive and the cost of, of concessions can be more expensive. But man, there's really nothing like being, you know, at the game when something big happens. Like I was, uh, I don't know if people remember the, the Odell Beckham, uh, you know, game against the Dallas Cowboys when he, when he caught the ball with one hand. I was in that end zone with my dad. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. And, and this, is, this is, at the end of the day, what the business of sports is about. It's about those moments that you're creating for, you know, guys with their dad or, or with their family or, or, you know, taking somebody special to the game. They're going to remember that forever. And so if we can bring that to the U.K., then, you know, we could create fans in London. We could create fans in Europe. And so that was uh, one of the one of the approaches that we took. And, you know, that's expanded into a lot of what the NFL international team has done to date, which is really bringing uh, the live experience to all these different markets where there already is some fandom that we can then grow. Uh, and I say we, you know, from from when I was there. Um, but yeah, so that was like the off-season projects that we worked on. You know, one of the other projects I got really excited about was fan experience. And so, you know, even got to help build, uh, you know, an internal app while I was there to help our uh, folks that were going to games uh, track what was happening around fan experience in the stadiums. So those are the kind of like off-season projects that we got to work on and, and some of which are, you know, obviously still in existence um, despite the fact wow. that I left in, in 2015. Wow. So... From what it sounds like, you had a pretty like diverse set of duties where you talked a lot about the strategies of the NFL, but also the finances and also just different ideas that the NFL could implement into their like into like, I guess, uh, what what they can do to expand. And that's really interesting because it really incorporates a lot of different industries yeah. that people go into and then it puts it into one. I have a question about how much college has helped you prepare for that job. Do you think that college has like adequately equipped you with the like the hard skills for the job? So my undergrad at Carnegie Mellon was in uh, in finance, in business and finance. And so, you know, a lot of the courses that I took initially around finance, around business operations, uh, around marketing, you know, I think were a good foundation uh, for coming into working uh, both in investment banking and uh, at the NFL. Where I think college helped me the most is probably in helping me to be a better persuasive speaker and writer. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give really anybody in in any career today is, you know, when you're in college, especially if you're getting an undergraduate degree in business or finance, you're going to, to spend your time, you know, working on financial models and trying to understand the math and the numbers. And that's super important. I'm not saying that it's not. But no matter what career you go into, the the value of the, the finance and the math and the financial modeling might change, but you will always need to speak persuasively and write persuasively. And so if you can start doing that early, and so in college, whether it was you know uh, doing case competitions and pitch competitions, or whether it was you know writing uh, both for my classes and then independently, that really helped me hone my voice and 
as a writer, as a speaker, it gave me the confidence to, you know, get up in front of a, a, a team or, or a school, you know, a class of 100 uh, and, and speak about a topic uh, or, or I took a negotiations class. It was about negotiating with somebody when, uh, you know, I was uh, in, in a disadvantaged position. All of these things help you better prepare for uh, a corporate role or really any job in, in, in the quote business world, right? Um, you're going to be writing emails. You're going to be convincing your bosses or your boss's bosses to take a course of action that you think is, uh, you know, the right thing to do. And how persuasively you speak to that, mm-hmm. how well you write, uh, whether you, you know, you catalog what you're, you're talking about or you catalog your research. And then, you know, being concise about it, which I'm not being right now, but, you know, <laughs> as you can, as you can start mm-hmm. to, to, to really be concise in your writing and, and get to the, the heart of the matter, um, that is what makes for effective persuasion. And so when you can, you can do that in, in your career, I think college um, helped me prepare to do that in my career. And, and even today, as I've started, you know, writing and blogging over the last three years, that's one of the things that I think has, has most helped me in my career is it's helping take the thoughts that I have in my head and then turn them into, you know, a, a persuasive argument that people can read and, and, and can, you know, and, and can argue with. I want mm-hmm. people to engage with the ideas that I have because a lot of times the ideas that I have might be wrong. But the only way that I'll know that, that they are wrong is that if I put them out there and people engage with it. So uh, speaking persuasively and writing persuasively, mm-hmm. I think, is the most helpful thing that college mm-hmm. did for me. And I feel like that doesn't matter which industry you go into, whether it be business or any other industry. I think writing and just the ability to use rhetoric to your advantage is an important thing that everybody should know. Absolutely. For any teenager that's listening right now that wants to work in the sports industry, I was wondering what your advice was to them. And also for teenagers that want to work in finance, what's your advice to them? Kind of like split the two industries into two separate specific advice for each. Yeah. So so if you're interested in finance and, and specifically in investment banking, you know, if that's because I think that's a really great stepping stone for a lot of people. Quite a few of my colleagues at the NFL, you know, came from from that world, either from management consulting or from investment banking. And so one of the, the I think, pieces of advice that I would have is start start reading about, you know, companies, but but pick a sector you're interested in. So for me, that that was always media. Right. And I think if you're interested in industrials and you're interested in in let's say uh, you know metals and mining, or because because you know, you might be you might find that to be a really interesting space, or maybe you're interested in shipping and logistics because that's becoming such an important part of how we get all of our e-commerce today. You know, pick pick a sector of companies that you're really interested in, and start to go deep in that space. I think the challenge that a lot of people have is that sometimes they start really really generalist, and I think it's good to start generalist so that you can experience a, a lot of different things. But over time, you know, home down into a space that you're really excited about and start to, to dig into those companies, you know, read analysis about them. You know, we live in an age where there are people putting out free content on Twitter or, or on Seeking Alpha about these companies that you can go and read. There are people that are doing, you know, breakdowns of S1s whenever a company files to go public. You can read those today. And those are written in plain English. They're not written with, you know, fancy jargon that you have to, to go get an undergraduate degree uh, to, to understand. And so if you start reading about that, then over time, what you'll start to do is, is figure out your own opinions, right? Ask yourself, 
do I think this is a good company? If I had $100 today and this company was going public or this company's stock is public, would I put that in this company? And if I wouldn't, you know, why? Is it because it's too expensive? Is it because I don't believe in the market? Start to ask yourself those questions. Because when you get to a job, either whether it's investment banking or it's in management consulting, you know, you're going to be asked those questions on behalf of your clients. And you're going to have to make a definitive argument both with the numbers, but also with the research you're doing around broader market trends, right? What's happening in this sector? Is Amazon destroying all other e-commerce companies, right? Understanding those market dynamics is going to make you better at your job in finance. And then obviously, you know, you have to get that 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 understanding of you know the finance and understanding how to read uh, you know three statements: the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement. But you can do that over time and you can even do that once you get to the job. What helps build over time is really spending time and understanding those companies and understanding those markets. And so pick a market, pick a, you know, a set of companies that you're really excited about or interested in and go deep in that space. Um, so that's, I think, on, on one end. Now, let's apply that same rationale to the business of sports, right? So let's mm-hmm. say the category that you're interested in is sports. So now start to understand, okay, how does a league make money? How does a team make money? How do athletes make money, right? You can start to figure mm-hmm. out you know, what, I, what I'll call the value chain, the value chain of sports, and what's happening at every stage of the process, and what are the different components that feed into this industry. And you could do this for any industry, whether it's sports or it's not, but I think specifically for sports, because it can be a little bit of an insular industry sometimes. There's not as much information out there as maybe there is about, let's say, you know, tech companies or, or e-commerce companies. Um, you can, uh, you know, really start to reach out to people in the industry and ask them for a coffee or ask them for a phone call and come with interesting, thoughtful questions about, you know, how the business of sports really works and how their specific role in the business of sports impacts the overall goal, which is growing the reach and growing the revenue of that particular sport, which, by the way, the NFL operates, you know, differently from the NBA and operates differently from the NHL and MLB. Everybody is making money the same way. They're making money from TV rights. They're making money from international rights. They're making money from, you know, their players and, and, and in doing appearances and doing events. But the, the breakdown of, of how much money comes in from each of those businesses is different per league. And so how do you understand that? And you can even start doing that with like nascent leagues, right? So look at the MLS, which is maybe not a big four, but they're growing really quickly and start to understand, you know, what is the MLS doing uniquely or differently to attract younger fans than the MLB, which probably has the oldest fans. So that's, I think, what I would, what I would challenge anybody who's interested in the business of sports to start looking beyond what's happening on the field and start looking at what's happening off the field or around the field, around sponsorship and advertising and media, and start to read about those things. And then for both of those things, what I would say is coming back to the idea of writing persuasively, as you start to ask yourself those questions, start to write about it. You don't have to publish it. You, maybe you don't even have to you know, blog about it or put it anywhere. But I would say write it down, put all your questions down, put any answers in there, save it for yourself, come back to it. Ask yourself those questions. And only by doing that over time will you start to develop your own voice. And when you develop your own voice, 
that's going to be that's going to make you you know more unique and, and sort of more employable when you want to go work for a team or for a sports league so that's i think the advice that i would have for somebody in, in either of those careers all right and that's going to do it for part one where jay talks about what it's like working at the nfl as a financial analyst stay tuned for part two when jay talks more about what it's like working at venture capital and what it's like investing in early startups and what that process is kind of like if you're into finance i think that you would be really interested thank you again for listening to the podcast if you want to support you can always follow on instagram at major jobs podcast or twitter at major jobs pod and you can share the podcast my website is majorjobspodcast.com thank you again for tuning in i really appreciate it and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.